Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. On today's podcast, I wanted to talk about something that's been rattling around inside my head for a while now. And that's to talk about what my favorite experience at Walt Disney World was. And this is a kind of a challenging thing to think about when I stop and think about it because there is no one experience that stands out as a 50-year regular park goer, a former cast member, having had interactions on different levels, seeing what happened you know, here and there along the way, having different experiences where I interacted with people that maybe wasn't exactly a park visit. All of these things kind of contribute to an overall feeling that I have about Walt Disney World. And so what I'd like to do instead, instead of talking about like the most significant moment or one thing, I'd rather talk about maybe my top five moments at Walt Disney World that really express what I think about the parks. So these are in no particular order except for one of them that's going to be number one. And the rest of them are just sort of all over the place. You know, it's just different experiences that I've had that I really look back on and cherish. So the first one I'm going to talk about is when they did the great Disney scavenger hunt. That was an awesome experience. It was so much fun to go there, to be a part of it, to do these things where we were going to all four parks. It was the first time that I'd been to all four parks in one day. And we were doing these trivia things. We were just having so much fun, interacting, laughing, looking for things, and trying to solve little puzzles and do some things. It was, it was great. It was kind of awesome in a way. And I really did enjoy it. And that was definitely one of my top ones. I mean, this was something that Disney put on. You know, you can do your own thing and you can kind of find your way a little bit. But this was sort of special because it was off, off the beaten path a little bit, something really different and unique that was such an experience. I liked interacting with a lot of the people that I ran into throughout the day, two days. Um, I enjoyed being with uh, Kurt and having some fun and uh, going around and just kind of enjoying the parks and taking them in at a different level. It was just so much fun and so memorable that it would rank as one of my favorite experiences throughout the entirety of my uh, time at Disney. My second one would be a time that I went with my grandparents. So I was a senior in high school, near the end of the year, uh, my, in the first part of my, uh, my senior year, and they had Mickey's uh, Very Merry Christmas Party going on. And my grandparents asked me if I wanted to go. Now, it was not an expensive proposition to go to this party. It was like, I don't know, a couple of bucks, right? Yeah, 20 bucks or something like that to go. So they're like, would you like to go with us? We're going. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And so I went. And I had this really unique experience with both of my grandparents. I remember distinctly that we went to IHOP for dinner and uh, before, the, before the party, and then we headed into the, to the park for the party. And we ate you know, the cookies and had the hot chocolate and wandered around and took pictures. And I had this very memorable picture of me with the two of them 
right there at the, you know, at the, the picture booth, just having a great time. And it was just so much fun to experience it, to, to go around and really enjoy myself and take it in and really have something different. I mean, it was just one of those things where you don't think about it that way. You know, I never really thought about that as being a great experience until I went. And I always look back on it and cherish that time when I spent with my grandparents. They were always Disney fans. We always had fun together. And it was just kind of neat that they asked me and I had that personal experience. I've got a lot of cousins and I have a lot of aunts and uncles. It was neat that they asked me if I wanted to go. They knew I was a big Disney fan and it was my senior year and they were like, you know what? As sort of a senior thing, you know, maybe as a graduation type thing, we'd like to take you. And it was just great. It was a special relationship I had and a special time to be able to go through and we just told stories and we talked about how things were made and how they were constructed and how the park was put together and all these things. And it was just so neat and so amazing. It was great and I, I love it and I've cherished that memory as much as anything. I think my third favorite trip to the park like that would be one time when um, I just took my boys. We, were, we had this experience where we were free, there was nothing going on, my wife was out of town, and I said, would you guys like to go? And they go, yeah, we'd love to. And we wound up going, and uh, we had an experience on the way up, there was an accident on the way up, um, so we were stuck in traffic for, I don't know, a couple of hours or whatever, so we had this experience, and it sort of built our relationship a little bit. We had some fun, and we just sort of hung out for a little while, and we you know, played games and did whatever while we were sitting there with basically stuck in traffic for a period of time. Then we got there and it was kind of late and we wound up going to um, the hotel we were staying at. I think it was, I think it might have been the Best Western on Hotel Plaza Boulevard, if memory serves. And so we went there and it was, it was kind of late, so we were trying to figure out what to do. They were a little younger, so I didn't want to keep them out too late. Um, so we wound up, you know, finding something to eat and going into the hotel room and then going on and visiting uh, the next day into the Magic Kingdom. And we just had a glorious experience. The three of us just tooling around, doing whatever, having some fun. I'm telling them my stories. We're having some fun with whatever's going on in the parks. And it was just, it was such a magical experience to just have the two of them with me. Look, uh, nothing against my daughter, not in any way, because I love going with her too. This was just one of those moments when it just kind of worked. It just, for whatever reason, it timed up perfectly. We had this, you know, sort of connected day and we had this fun and it just worked out. And it was really pretty neat and I really enjoyed going with them. And I'm glad that it worked out the way it did, even though it was kind of weird that we had, <laughs> we had, we were delayed in traffic and whatever. Um, so and it was before my daughter was born actually. So, you know, I don't, shouldn't feel too bad about that. So it's kind of neat to have experienced it with them and see it through their eyes. And we just, we did, so many fun things. We, we collected press pennies. We did a little bit of pin trading. We went around to different attractions that they enjoyed. And I let them run the day. They kind of picked the things we were gonna do and we went around and saw all these fun things and really amazing things to do and it was really pretty neat. I, I just, I, I treasure that as, you know, like one of those great experiences as um, something really, really fun. I think for the next one, this is, this is a little bit tricky now because, again, there are so many experiences, so many things that I did. You know, I went to the park so many times. I think I might go to, hmm, <laughs> this is hard. This is really hard to, to pick another one. 
I know what my number one is, but I can't figure out what this one is. Oh man, there's so many just great moments. I think this one would be when I went with my parents and my brother. And we were there, and I think we went because there was something going on. There was a, an, an event going on up there. Maybe it was, um, oh, it was one of these, um, one of these company-sponsored uh, family days. We used to have, back in the day, back in the 70s and 80s, there were these family days for large corporations in Florida. They would host a family day at the parks, and they would get, you know, be a reduced ticket, reduced price ticket to go in. It would be like all inclusive. It would include like a, a ticket book and whatever. And you would go in and it would be like a family day and you'd collect, you'd connect with other people from your uh, company you worked for. So it might've been from my dad's company, could have been from a friend's company or a relative's company. I can't remember now, but that part I don't remember, but I remember going and I remember my brother and I, you know, tooling around and having some fun. I was probably oh, I don't know, 13, 14 at the time. And we just had a great time. You know, it was just one of those days when we were just kind of going around and seeing everything and experiencing it. And my dad was interacting with us and telling us the fun things to do. And here's some things you might look at. And, you know, here's some things you might try. And why, how do you think they made this? He always questioned things. So he would always get us to think about, how do you think this was made? How do you think they decided to make this like this? How do you think they built this? And he challenged us to think about things in a different way. And it was always kind of fun to go with him to these kinds of events because he would always do that with us, right? And it was just, it was always kind of neat because you never knew what he was going to throw at you. And it was always kind of fun to have to critically think about things. And that's kind of how I became what I am because he helped me to think that way. And it was just really, really fun. It was just so neat to be able to do that and experience it. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and my brother and I were just having so much fun. I remember we spent a lot of time in the magic shop that day uh, because the magic shop was just this draw. And we'd sit there and we'd watch people doing tricks and maybe we'd buy a little something. And we'd always joke around about the, uh, the it was the uh, invisible dog you'd be walking and we'd put a rubber chicken in there and walk around the store walking a rubber chicken. <laughs> it was just so silly. But it was totally memorable and so much fun. It was great. Now, before I get to my top one, I'd like to throw a couple of honorable mentions in here. The first one is uh, a grade, uh, middle school trip I took. And it was with me and a couple of my close friends, and we went to the park. And I remember it was just, it, it's, it's seared in my brain as just being one of the greatest days I've ever had. It was just, we, everything was kind of perfect. We went up there. You know, we had a great time on the bus ride up. We were all kind of singing and laughing and dancing and whatever. We get there, we go off in the park, we eat, you know, we eat at whatever place we like to eat at, the pizza place that's now the Tomorrowland Terrace, whatever it was. We all kind of hung around. We were budding, you know, 13 and 14 year olds, maybe 15 year olds, something like that. And so, you know, we were, we were uh, interacting with the, uh, the opposite sex a little bit in, you know, in cute ways. It was kind of kind of cute, and I remember that as being kind of fun. And then my friend and I, my best friend and I, we went off and we took the monorail, went over to the Contemporary. We played games in the Contemporary game room, and it was awesome. And we were there for, it felt like 15 hours, but we were probably there for an hour. And it was just awesome. We had, you know, we ate somewhere, then you know, probably right there at the game room, you know, the little food court they had there. And then we went back to the Magic Kingdom in time for our check-in. We hooked up with some other people. We hung around. We had some fun, and it was just phenomenal. 
And then on the bus ride home, we were changing seats, we were sitting next to girls, you know, all the whole thing that goes on there with you know, 14, 15 year olds, whatever we were. It was just, it was kind of cute. And I look back on it as just one of those totally memorable and awesome experiences. It was just one of those great days that you have where you just feel like you've, you've done something and you've accomplished something. I think for the other honorable mention, I want to throw out there my uh, day where I was, where I became a cast member. And so there's a couple of days they do for training. It's traditions and they teach you some, some things and they bring in some different pieces. And I, I guess it's a kind of a two-day arc I have as sort of memory that I've collected together as a one-day thing where it was, we were in there and we were learning about all the traditions of things. Mickey Mouse came in and surprised us. We went to lunch in the cafeteria. It's all new. I remember driving up and hearing the, the train whistle as I pulled up to the uh, parking lot behind the Magic Kingdom. And I knew it was right. It was just, it was just right. And I went in and, you know, they did all these, these training things and we went off and we went to the Magic Kingdom and we did the uh, merchandise training because I was working in merchandise where they taught you how to do the, uh, do the things. And I met all these cool people, right? These wonderful people who were going to be cast members with me who were in the training program and some people who were doing the training who were also cast members, obviously, and who were teaching us different things. And it was just so much fun. I remember the, the excitement and the fun that went along with being there with them and having the fun of being in the, in the park and realizing that I am becoming part of the magic. There was something so cool about that. It was so awesome. And I just remember that with a certain you know, passion in my mind that it was just a great couple of days. And I learned you know, as much as I could possibly learn and saw as much as I could possibly see. It was in the Utilidor for the first time. Actually, it was the second time, I guess, because we've been there. Um, during the first orientation, but it was the, um, it was this first time being down there and it was so neat and it was just really amazing. And it just, it had a wonderful sort of connection to Disney in so many ways that I just remember it so fondly and so in such an amazing way. And that of my number one, my most favorite memory of going to Disney. And this would be one of the uh, trips I took with my entire family. So the three kids and my wife and I, we went and we just had a nice day. It was just really pleasant. We were, I'm sure we were staying off property because um, we always needed more space with the three kids. So we, you know, we tended to stay off property. We'd go in, we had a great time in the parks. I remember going to, I think we did, I think we were there for several days. We probably did all the parks over the course of the several days, probably. Um, don't remember specifically, but what I do remember, we were just having this great time. We enjoyed ourselves and just seeing the kids and their moments. And I remember going through Epcot and just watching their reactions to things. My daughter was seeing it for the first time, I believe. It was just so much fun to be there with them and sharing with all of them and my wife. And it was just so amazing to be there. And uh, one of the nights that we were there, we made, made reservations to eat at Boma. Boma was one of my favorite restaurants. I haven't been there in many years now, but used to be one of my absolute top favorite restaurants at Disney. It may have been my favorite, actually I think it was my favorite restaurant at some point. And so we made reservations to eat there. And um, we get there and wouldn't you know that a good friend of mine who I didn't even know was at Disney was actually standing at the podium for his reservation too. <laughs> it was just so odd and weird and you know so random in life sometimes that these things happen. And so uh, he had a reservation for like 10 minutes different from us. So they managed to push the tables together. He had his kids with him. We had a great meal. We had a fun time. 
my wife's birthday and his birthday are actually a day apart from each other. So it happened to be like really close to their birthday. So we celebrated their birthdays together while we were there. And it was just an amazing time. And we, my friend and I still talk about that. Remember that time we ran into each other at Disney? <laughs> it was just so much fun. And I had my kids with me and we were having a great time and everybody was just having so much fun. Everybody really enjoyed themselves. Everybody just was there to have fun. And we, we really just soaked it in, he and I, and the kids and everybody. And the next day, since we were all together, we, I think we went to the Hollywood Studios the next day, and we went around together and we hung out for the day. And it was just fun. It was just phenomenal to see them and be there and see my kids interacting with his kids and see this, this emotional connection being made. He was a former cast member too, so it was kind of neat to see this sort of thing because we had this understanding of what the parks were all about. I think it's actually his wife is too, former cast member. So we all have that connection, right? My wife didn't, but that's okay. She got it. She understood what was going on there, right? And we had this really emotional sort of moment where we're all together and enjoying ourselves in the park. And I really, it's a treasured memory for me because it's the whole experience. It's not just about my kids. It was about my kids. Don't get me wrong but it extended out into this sort of camaraderie and this friendship that went beyond just having my kids there and having my wife there and you know, kind of experiencing the park that way. It was a really remarkable experience and that would be my number one memory of going to Disney World. But I've presented to you a couple of them that I think are really cool that for me really sum up how Disney kind of comes to life for me, what it is about Disney that really makes it work. So there you go. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. One little spark of inspiration is at the heart <laughs> of all creation. Right at the start of everything that's new. One little spark lights up for you. Oh, hello there. So glad you could come along. I am the Dream Finder. <laughs> Musical notes. What delightful melodies those will make. I love these flights of fancy. Searching the universe for sounds, colors, ideas, anything that sparks the imagination. A sunbeam. That's a good one. Oh, everything I collect can inspire amazing and marvelous new ideas. And you'll never know what kind of figment you may come up with. Oh, here's my favorite. Two tiny wings, eyes big and yellow, horns of a steer, but a lovable fellow. From head to tail, he's royal purple pigment, and there, voila! You got a figment, a figment of imagination. Oh, 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 dream fighter, I'm just right. Ah, uh, 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 not quite. Huh? I'll throw in a dash of childish delight. <laughs> Look, Figment, some new friends have joined us. Can they imagine too? Of course! Imagination is something that belongs to all of us. You mean everyone can think up new things. <laughs> That's right, Figment. And every sparkling idea can lead to even more. So many times we're stumbling in the dark, and then you it with ghostly shivers on a stormy night and turn them into a tale of fright. <laughs> oh, oh, look, look, a rainbow. I'll use that. 
you paint with? Now you've got it. Wow, wow, wow. Numbers, letters, papers for writing, costumes, makeup, stages for lighting, tears off laughter. <laughs> what about science? Science? We'll need electron beams and crystal prisms, gyroscopes and magnetism, holy grail Hold and pigment. Why? The idea bag is full. It is? Let's start making new things. Now wait. First, we must store these ideas with the others in the dream port. Are we almost there? Oh, the dream port is never far away when you use your imagination. Come on, everybody. Let's we go. We all have sparks. Imagination. Yeah. That's how our minds create creations. <laughs> right at the start of everything that's new. One little spark lights up for you. Oh, boy. Imagination. Imagination. A dream can be a dream come true. With just that spark in me and you. There's an election coming up shortly, and elections always matter. You've heard me talk about a lot of different politicians and so forth in this podcast, and I'm going to tell you specifically that I am not a fan of Ron DeSantis. And if you were a fan of Disney, you shouldn't be either. If you're a fan of both, I really can't figure out where you stand on things because it's very conflicting. Clearly, one of the things DeSantis is trying to do is to undermine Disney's authority in the state. He wants to have supreme control over the state and do all the things that he wants to do and dictate everyone's lives in the under the guise of freedom. And by taking away Disney's Special Improvement District, he's essentially done that. And bigger than that, one of the things DeSantis has done over the last few years is he's consolidated, there are five major water management boards in the state of Florida, and he's consolidated them all. So essentially, I know it's more complicated and nuanced than this, he has control over them because he's, quote, an environmentalist. But in reality, he's appointing people to it who have no environmental training, have no water training, have no understanding of how things should work in that sense. And they're overseeing these boards of the five large water management districts. One of the things the Reedy Creek Improvement District had was a governing body that over the waterways that are in the theme park area and that uh, 47 square miles, there were a number of waterways in there and they had control over that. So they could do water samples and do water treatment and do all the things they would normally think of a governing body would do. Now they rolled up under the South Florida Water Management District. So they still had, you know, they were still in uh, within their purveyance of the state, but they had control over what they did with their waterways. And by removing the Reedy Creek Improvement District, he just took control of those. Don't think for a moment that there wasn't some motivating factor in there. So just consider carefully when you think about him and what he's doing and the way he impacts Disney adversely, this is a bad thing for Florida. Now, I could go on and on about the things he's done uh, that are anti-Florida over the last four years. The things that he's accomplished or not accomplished, I guess you could say, in terms of uh, the way he treats people in the state and the way he really disrespects everyone in the state. From his stance on abortion and what he's done there to his decision to not do anything about the whole Surfside tragedy and the fact that buildings are not getting inspected properly and we had a building collapse that killed people. 
And there are other things that he did that undermine the constitutionally mandated things that we asked for. As residents, we have been asked to add some things to the Florida Constitution. Among them was a, an ability to put solar on your home, which is great. You can, we have a, an abundance of sunshine in the state, so you could put solar on your home. But the power industry didn't like that so much, so they lobbied for him to actually create a law that basically says you have to stay connected to the power industry and you have to pay them something every month, even if you're connected to solar. Oh, and by the way, you have to disconnect your solar if your power goes out in your neighborhood. Otherwise, you'll be fined. Consider that for a moment. I mean, it, you're just undermining people. What, what is it that you're getting out of that? There's also a story about in the election prior to the one where he was elected. We had constitutionally mandated that any convicted felon who was freed could now vote, could now have, now have their voting rights restored. Rick Scott, the former governor, fought that hard and made sure that that didn't happen before the next election. And then as soon as he took office, DeSantis went after that with a passion and said, no, we're not gonna do that. We're, and he fought with taxpayer dollars to make sure that that wasn't gonna happen. And we should all have a problem with that, honestly, that he's spending taxpayer dollars to fight something that we added to the Constitution as citizens. I'm sorry, that's just not right. Of course, there's still the insurance crisis in the state that no Republican governor has taken on since Hurricane Andrew came through here in 1992 and the, the insurance industry forever changed. And essentially, while there are still some policies written, a, a very limited number by comparison with how many ho homes are owned in the state, your only choice really to get insurance is to buy it from the state itself. There's a whole thing that they did where they have a conglomeration of different insurance agents that underwrite state-owned insurance. Well, what about big government again? What was that? I mean, really, we have to buy insurance from the state? He enacted a series of voting restrictions that have been struck down by a federal court. He himself, while usually this is done by a committee, he himself redid the districting maps in the state of Florida that have then been undercut by judges as well. It's just, he's trying to do everything to become a tyrant. And here is our opportunity to remove him from office. Oh, and lest we forget the whole pandemic. Look, everything we did in the pandemic was a great social experiment. No one got it right. No one had figured out what the right answer was. And sure, New York, California, they had lockdowns. Other states did similar things. But Florida just went, you know what? We're going to open up. We don't care. We're going to be open to everyone. And, you know, in the social experiment that exists, then maybe that was an okay thing to do. Maybe. But... As soon as local governments started saying, you know what, we feel like we're in a county where there's more people here and we need to make sure that we're protecting our people, we're going to lock down or we're going to have a mask mandate, or at schools we're going to make sure that, you know, everybody's wearing a mask. And he said, no, you can't do that. And he became a tyrant and they asked, actually passed legislation that allowed him to be that tyrant and tell everybody in the state how they had to act. We're open for business, that's all there is to it. No mask requirements, nothing. To put a cherry on top of that Sunday, he actually started to gloat about how great he was and, and he was doing victory laps before we knew any of the results or what was going on. It was kind of crazy because he was just out there saying, I'm the greatest, I did great, you know, everybody look at me. And he, and he became the poster child for the maybe the conservative movement in some way because he's saying, oh, we should be free and we should be able to do whatever we want. And yet he's trying to be a tyrant and dictate everything that we do in this state. And the list goes on from there. I'm not gonna bore you with any more of the details. What I'd just like to remind you of is to get out there and vote. And I think you should vote against this guy. If you're a Disney fan, you have no business. He said, he went on the record and he said, I'm going to continue to go after Disney. I'm gonna go after them for the tiniest little things from this point on. So consider that carefully when you head into that ballot box and listen to what he said because clearly he means it. 
he's, you know, that's the thing. He's going to continue to go after our environmental protections, all the things that we hold dear in this state that we love about the state, and of course, Disney. So when you go in that ballot box, if you live in Florida, vote against him. That's it. That is my one little spark for today. And that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 